Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific markets are largely flat or in the red this morning as investors shrug off overnight gains on Wall Street. Sydney is down 0.7%. Tokyo and Seoul are both hovering around the flat line. Here in Singapore, meanwhile, we have a new company listing on the Singapore Exchange and it's attracting a fair amount of buzz. GHY Culture and Media's IPO is about 16 times oversubscribed. Joining me now to discuss all this and more is Kyle Roda. He's a market analyst with IG Australia. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Good to have you with us. Now, the entertainment company GHY Culture and Media is listed on the Singapore Exchange this morning. It is the third non-REIT to list on our main board this year, and it's being fairly well received. Now, the IPO is some 16 times oversubscribed, still at 66 cents a share. It's a relatively small IPO compared with what we've seen this year, though, in other markets like Hong Kong and the US. So, Kyle, broadly speaking, why doesn't the Singapore Exchange attract larger IPOs? Um, I don't know if I'm a, a great authority on that one, just given I probably look more at the broader macro sort of um, features of anything. Though, but I suppose what I can add with, with the, um, the IPO narrative at the moment is that obviously... There's sort of a level of mania and euphoria at the moment for companies to to, to float um, and capture what is you know very very robust market sentiment at the moment. So obviously we've seen that um, prevail very much in the United States and it's harked back to, to days of you know the dot com bubble and other, other periods in history where um, there has been some level of euphoria in, in financial markets. I would assume that it's going to continue to be um, a theme to, to watch going into the new year and and, and perhaps. Um, you know, something to, to, to watch um, in Asia in particular as um, uh, Asian markets are generally set to, to outperform on the basis of this sort of recovery trade that's sort of unfolding. So why, why Singapore um, perhaps historically or, or, or presently isn't um, quite as robust in the IPO space, I probably couldn't give you a, a solid answer. Um, but um, I do think from, from an absolute perspective, it's, it's something that could be um, probably expected to continue into the new year as, as um, this sort of market euphoria persists. Mm. All right, let's turn to the STI. It fell half a percent yesterday at 28.58. The blue chip index went on quite a run in November, but that rally appears to have largely run out of steam this month. Kyle, where do you see the STI ending the year and what is your take on Singapore blue chips over in 2021? I think the outlook's really, really constructive. I mean, I think one thing that is going to be a theme in early 2021 is, is looking for areas where investors can capitalise on the pickup in the business cycle. And I think we've already seen signs of it, almost as you alluded to, then in the month of November where, where Asian equities broadly have, have outperformed, and especially Asian equities um, or Asian markets that are um, particularly sensitive to, to um, a liftoff in, in China's business cycle. So I think at the moment we're seeing a few technical levels um, being respected um, and we're in a bit of a period of consolidation uh, in the short term for, for Singapore stocks. But I think if we continue to sort of build um, uh, this sort of positive momentum in in, in equity markets uh, in the next um, couple of days um, in particular, um, and we get some perhaps breakthroughs from from some of those big macro stories like US fiscal stimulus, uh, as well as, you know, maybe at the margins as well, EU and UK trade talks, um, that kind of drive into Asian stocks is is set to persist. And I think Singapore equities... um, broadly are going to be something, uh, an area that um, should should benefit considerably from that recovery trade going into um, probably the first quarter and second quarter of 2021. 
On that note, let's turn to the U.S. now, where stocks close at new record highs overnight. The Dow rose half a percent. The Nasdaq and S&P 500 did even better. All three indices finishing the session in record territory. A major focus of investors has been negotiations in the U.S. Congress over that new COVID relief package. And all week I've been speaking with analysts about this. Is this the week that Congress passes the bill? So, Kyle, we're down to one day left in the week. I'll put that question to you as well. Do you think it's going to happen today? And if not, will the U.S. Congress be able to pull it out before going home for the Christmas holidays? Well, I think the, the development that has um, come about in the last few days has really been that there's clearly political will on both sides to get this deal done. I mean, I think what really changed the tone of the conversation was Mitch McConnell um, in, in the last, what, 48 hours or perhaps a little bit beyond that, saying that, um, you know, Congress wouldn't adjourn until a deal effectively gets done. So for, for, for Mitch McConnell, of all people, to, to show a level of bipartisanship and, and to extend an olive branch is almost out of character. And I think that's really got markets confident that a deal is going to get done. I think what we're seeing at the moment is really the market, um, clear signs that the market is um, hooking uh, at every opportunity onto to upside risks, while more or less taking for, for granted that you know downside risk will be taken care of by um, policymakers, um, and that you know you can continue to buy into these you know positive news stories despite the fact that you know this package continues to get smaller and smaller uh, compared to what we were talking about even just a few weeks ago, let alone six weeks ago. Um, but you know really right now, and, and I think you know last night's um, uh, push higher in stocks fleshed this out, where you know a, a poor jobless claims number more or less built the conviction in the market that that would put pressure on policymakers to get a deal done is that the market's more or less there that something's going to happen in the next couple of days, if not before Christmas. Um, and that should iron out some of the, the, the bumpiness in the short term for the US economy before, obviously, we, we look to the bigger picture into 2021 where the recovery is expected to take flight really on the basis of the vaccine. So things are really priced for, for a deal right now. And um, any, any, anything that doesn't eventuate in such, such a fashion, I think would be disappointing to the market. Yeah, I want to just dig deeper on that timeline, the Christmas timeline. So what happens to share prices if Congress doesn't agree on a bill before Christmas or if U.S. President Donald Trump refuses to sign off on it? Yeah, well, I suppose that Santa Claus rally gets stopped in its tracks. And I think everybody's sort of looking around at the moment um, for, for several reasons um, as well. Um, for, for stocks broadly to, to lift off into the back end of the year. I mean, there's a lot of talk that in such an extraordinary year where um, active managers have probably underperformed, underperformed benchmarks um, is that you're going to see a lot of flow into stocks, a lot of risk taking uh, as, as a lot of um, portfolio managers effectively try and um, you know, regain the deficit um, against the, the benchmarks that they follow um, to eke out a decent return into the back end of the year. I think a key ingredient to that is a deal getting done fairly soon and, and you know, more or less I think that will be the catalyst for, for a true Santa rally, I suppose you could call it, that mm-hmm. we get a deal done, we get those sort of short-term risks taken out um, and then all of a sudden it's, it'll be off to the races for equities. But I think you know, if things sort of remain in a holding pattern, again, stocks will probably continue to grind high. If we get a deal, it's going to be a, a, a big melt-up. Uh, if we don't, then that's probably going to be the shock to the system, which you know sees markets sort of pull back into into year-end and we, we don't get that Santa rally. Right. U.S. jobless claims rose to 885,000 last week. That is the highest weekly total since September. Now, Coca-Cola, meanwhile, has announced that it's laying off some 2,200 workers, or more than 2% of its labor force. So, Kyle, are you concerned at all that the record highs on Wall Street don't reflect economic reality? 
Um, yeah, I've been worried about that all year. In fact, it's one of my major major contentions that you know perhaps the, the stock market isn't isn't serving its uh, purpose for the U.S. economy. You know that it's uh, you know really exacerbating that sort of K-shaped recovery that we've been talking about in 2020, where you know they have um, you know benefit from you know, increased asset prices and right. the interventions that we've seen from central banks. But Main Street is is not really joining in on the party just yet. Um, I suppose like the, the, the sort of reaction we saw in markets last night is that these poor numbers is really hammering home that the US economy is facing some major short-term risks from a lack of stimulus and the effects on sentiment from um, or, or business activity really from, from the um, third wave of the virus in the United States. So, you know, the hope is is that, you know, um, policymakers or politicians will, will act rationally and, and, and extend that support to the economy because of some of these poor numbers. But um, again, it, that, that sort of a number um, really does highlight there's some bumps in the road before we get to a full-blown recovery into 2021. Um, and that, you know, actually like a lot of central bankers are telling us across the globe at the moment and trying to sober in the markets a little bit that, you know, this recovery in, into 2021 is probably going to be bumpy and quite uneven. Um, and we're still seeing that show up in the split between, you know, um, asset prices and those who benefit from, from higher asset prices compared to, again, you know, your um, sort of average punter, so to speak, who are um, still doing it pretty tough, especially in the US and Europe at the moment because of the, the, um, the pandemic and the recession. On Monday, uh, Tesla enters the S&P 500. Now, normally when a company enters or leaves the S&P, it's news, but really not that big of a deal. But this time, it's Tesla, so analysts are bracing for a trading surge. Uh, tell us why you think that is. Well, it's just flow, isn't it? And I suppose it's something that's been waiting to, to happen for a really long time. But it's it's perhaps a, sort of a similar psychology at the moment that um, that we've seen with you know the, the sort of mania that's occurred around you know stock stock splits and everything like that, where all of a sudden it sort of drives an, um, an extra incentive for, for flow to, to go into you know equities to to, to sort of chase uh, momentum in the market. I mean, obviously Tesla's extraordinary because I you know at least from my um, humble understanding of, of financial market history, uh, a company uh, never has a company been so large, um, you know, sort of um, entered into the uh, into you know the world's most important um, stock index. So, really, it's it's going to be something that again continues to encourage flow into to, to equity markets. It's going to continue to bid up probably Tesla's share price just because of again that flow going into the. Um, into um, into the stock on the basis now that obviously passive passive funds have to have to own um, uh, uh, the, the the company as well um, and just like anything in the short term with financial markets momentum uh, and price action um, dictates all and sentiment as well um, and this is the kind of thing that can continue to push momentum uh, for Tesla shares um, continue to bolster sentiment for, for Tesla shares and, and probably be broadly um, positive for the S&P 500 as well um, again just in the short term while markets can um, have fun with with um, uh, the sort of level of irrationality that uh, everyone's enjoying at the moment. Well, you're spot on with your stock history nugget there. Tesla is the largest company to ever join the S&P 500. It's got a market cap of around 600 billion US dollars. Meanwhile, on the topic of sky-high assets, I have to ask you about Bitcoin, Kyle. A day ago, it topped 20,000 US dollars for the first time ever. Overnight, it breached 23,000 before I saw it drop back below that level. The cryptocurrency has more than doubled in the last three months. That's more than tripled since the beginning of the year. So some analysts say it's a purely speculative stock. Others say the fundamentals have changed. Which camp are you in? 
Well, I think both can be true and it's not necessarily mutually exclusive um, in the sense that, you know, like any kind of major change to, to, to um, price um, uh, and a fundamental shift as well, you tend to see um, momentum um, drive price action above what might be considered some rough sense of fair value of, 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 a, um, of, an, of an asset, you know, using the term asset very loosely because Bitcoin's probably not technically a, a, an asset mm. uh, if you want to look at, at the textbook definition. But mm-hmm. what I do think is very positive for, for Bitcoin at the moment is that we're seeing two things. It's a highly liquid environment um, where there is risk-taking being encouraged, obviously, by policymakers. But we're also seeing more or less in, um, in uh, major portfolio managers, big money, institutional money, looking to diversify um, the, their, their portfolios a little bit and allocating just a very minor share of their portfolios into to Bitcoin. So, you know, really, if you look at it relatively speaking, if, if on the aggregate portfolio managers increase their holding of Bitcoin even just by half a percent to try and hedge just a little bit against negative real yields, um, to try and take advantage of that liquidity and obviously the, the sort of scarcity argument that Bitcoin brings, you know, there's a very compelling argument for, for Bitcoin fundamentals. But as you just alluded to, when you look at the short term and as we were talking about before with, with financial markets, it's mm. much more dictated by momentum, technical sentiment. And at the moment, we are probably seeing a bit of a speculative enjoyment in, in the market at the moment. But again, um, I think there is a compelling fundamental case that is still um, underpinning uh, Bitcoin's rise um, mm. for the time being. The cryptocurrency rally is leading the U.S.'s largest crypto exchange to go public. Coinbase has long been a go-to market for crypto trading. And if its application is approved by regulators, investors will soon be able to trade Coinbase shares as well. Before we let you go, Kyle, final thoughts. What will you tell investors to look out for as we all plan for 2021? Uh, vaccine rollout. Um, I think the market's priced in for a, you know, basically um, very smooth ride to uh, recovery, um, and that's based on the fact that or the assumption that the vaccine will be rolled out successfully, and there'll be very few, you know, twists and turns along the road. If there's anything that sort of disrupts that kind of narrative, I think that's the kind of thing that could see um, volatility return to the market. Um, albeit, I must say, I think things do look very, very constructive and risk is skewed to the upside. Anything that does disrupt the, the sort of vaccine rollout and that broader narrative is something that could disrupt. Um, you know, financial markets into 2021. Kyle Roder is a market analyst with IG Australia. Great speaking with you, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.